Yes, you, you lucky sausage. You found the Talk Marketing Show, where the League of Marvelous Marketeers give up everything you need to be more successful in your business. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, Hello there, my name is Martin Henley. This is the Effective Marketing YouTube channel. And if you've spent a second here, you will know that I'm on a mission to give you everything you need to be successful with your business. And as far as I know, as far as I'm aware, the only way for you to be more successful with your business is to be more successful with your sales and your marketing. So I'm here giving you everything I know through the what the series. We bring you the marketing news every other week. And then what happens is I bring in anyone I can find with irrelevant experience that might be useful to you in being more successful with your business. Now, you can support us in this effort simply by watching the video through, taking some value from it, implementing something, and being more successful with your marketing. And if you could like and subscribe and share and do all of those good things, then that would be enormously useful. So today's guest is a computer studies graduate with marketing experience going all the way back to 2004 when he was a web developer. Since then, he has led a number of marketing type companies, including BFG, LAS Design and Young Cow. He is currently director with All Saints Action, a network, a charity improving the quality of life for people in the All Saints area of Wolverhampton. He is director and visionary marketing coach of his business, um, Business Owner Elevation. And according to his professional LinkedIn headline, he helps coaches and consultants to generate $15,000 per month in 60 days, which is an extraordinarily bold claim. Uh, today's guest is Leon Streets. And he's nodding. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, are, you very much, Martin. <laughs> you are very welcome. Very welcome. So you're nodding. You stand by that claim, do you? 100%. I've done it many times. So it's a claim I can put out there because I've done it. Okay, good. All right, good. Well, we're going to test that. <laughs> good. <laughs> so the thing is, I'll tell you where mm. I'm coming from is... I tell you, should I be telling you where I'm coming from? Yeah, let me tell you where I'm coming from. Cool. I, where I'm coming from is, I think, for all the work I've done in sales and marketing, I think there's issues with sales and marketing. I think people don't understand marketing. I think they mm -hmm. don't understand business. I don't think they understand that, that being in business is just an exercise in having customers profitably. And they don't seem to understand that the way you have customers profitably is by doing really effective sales and marketing. That's kind of what I'm mm. trying to do here. And yeah. then when the penny does drop that they need effective marketing in their business, then they go out into the market and they get robbed by, um, by people who purport to be marketing people, but actually don't do anything very much. They just take people's marketing budget. That's mm. where I'm kind of coming from. The reason I'm saying this is of all the people I've spoken to so far, you are leading with the strongest proposition 
what do I want to say to you, man? What I want to say is, like, <laughs> you're leading with the biggest promise. Let's go with that, okay? So yeah. generating $15,000 a month within 60 days, that's mm -hmm. a big promise. So that, yeah. for me, is the closest. This is the closest I've come, I think. I'm not calling you a robber or anything like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's the closest, like that's the kind of proposition that they, those kinds of people lead with. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm really interested to have this conversation, man. I'm really interested because I know it's a really interesting market that, that you play in and you know, you're doing really well for people. So I'm really interested mm -hmm. to understand it. So because cool. I'm talking too much because I'm an idiot, <laughs> But my where I've got to with marketing is it's really an exercise in understanding your very particular situation and understanding exactly what it is that you want to achieve and your particular market and your particular products and all those kinds of things. Mm. So for me, I shy away from making those really bold promises. So I'm yep. interested to hear from you how come you are so comfortable to mm. do that and I, I think I know why, but, you know, that's what I'm really interested to know. Yeah, so, I, I, I think they're great questions, but if you finish off, if there's something else we can add. <laughs> Get it all off my chest. Very often yeah. this is like therapy. Sometimes it's therapy for the people <laughs> I'm speaking to. Sometimes it's therapy for me. Um, what was the last thing I wanted to say? You know there's only five questions. So the questions mm. are how are you qualified to talk to us about... We don't even know what your specialist subject is really. Is your specialist subject... Mm. Um, it's marketing strategy. It's marketing ma strategy. Marketing strategy. And is this exclusively yeah. for coaches and consultants? Uh, yes. Um, yes. However, however, I will say yes, because you'll understand as we get into this interview more. All of the principles that I talk about work in business full stop. Yeah. The only places where I would say that there are adjustments you have to make mainly around business models when you go into things like e-commerce. So I, I tend to stick with service-based uh, businesses, which predominantly for my niche, it's coaches and consultants who run their business online. Okay, super cool. So there's only five questions. Question one, mm -hmm. how are you qualified to talk to us about marketing strategy for coaches and consultants? Okay, mm -hmm. so let's make it very specific. Um, the second question is, who do you work with? How do you add value to their lives? We've already got quite mm -hmm. a good sense of that, I think. Mm -hmm. The third question is, what is your recommendation for anyone, for a coach or a consultant who wants to get better with their marketing? The mm -hmm. fourth question is, what should people read? And the fifth question is, who can you throw under the bus who might endure at least, or maybe even enjoy to have a conversation like this with me? So those <laughs> are the five questions. So let's go mm -hmm. with question number one. How are you mm -hmm. qualified to talk to us about marketing strategy for coaches and consultants? That's a great question. I'm going to take you back to a meeting I had with um, one, of, one of the first clients that I got to seven figures from a campaign that we ran together. And I'm going to take you back to the meeting of me not even doing a million. However, the client asking me if it was possible to do a million. And I'm sat there having been in business since 1997 i set up my first website when i was 17 so i was born in 1980. in 2004 i graduated from university and i took my hobby of creating websites and i'd attracted a few cool clients whilst doing higher education than university and i took it to you know a business because i just graduated from uni i wasn't uh, in pursuit of any particular job 
I was just happy that I'd finished uni, to be honest. And um, I just thought, you know, let me take this business to the next level. Within three weeks, I got offered a contract at the university that I was at. And <clears throat> this is 2004, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast forward you to uh, this meeting with this client. So they're a home improvement company. So they offer services, you know, mainly double glazing, conservatories, e uh, extensions to homes, that kind of stuff. And I walk into this meeting with Paul. He's the sales director at the time. Now he actually runs and owns the whole uh, business. Uh, I sit down with him. He gets my, my details from a referral. Um, I don't even know who it was many years ago. So I'm sat down with him. I walk in. He's suited as a sales director would be. <clears throat> Uh, very welcoming, very charming, very direct, very dominant, but in a really nice way. Um, dominant knowing how to be decisive, I would say, not dominant as in making somebody feel inferior or small. Within 10 to 15 minutes, I just closed the sale for like £4,000, which is about $5,000. And at the time, it was just for a website. And so I run this marketing company and, you know, I just land this 4K sale. And it was the fastest sale I'd ever done at that level like four thousand pounds i'd sold higher but it was the fastest uh, i was so used to presenting and pitching and doing all this other stuff but anyway i start working with Womble windows that's the name of the company and over the course of about 18 months to two years i get familiar with the company they want to find out more about marketing and so on and i help them with a bit of this we do paid advertising on google we do some search engine optimization so my team's busy i'm busy we're getting results and the relationship is is building then we get to this point and it's it's kind of like a milestone and it's like leon we're really happy with everything that you're doing but we want to go to the next level can you take us there so based on my experience and everything that i've done up until that point martin i was like i know what's possible now because i've been working with this company for two years i understand their business model i understand their products i understand their pricing i understand their profit margin and i know how many results we need to get in order to hit this next level so i say yeah we can add a million pounds within 12 months, another bold claim. At this time, I am filled with imposter syndrome because I know it's possible, but I've never done it before, Martin. However, I've got a track record with them over the past two years of we've, we've attracted leads here, we've attracted some sales, but nothing like direct because all they've asked me to do is just deliver as a, a service provider, let's say. But now he's turned to me and asking me my recommendation and so this company at the time does 2.8 million pounds in revenue and i'm sat there thinking i know this stuff i know marketing and i'm going to get on to the point of what qualifies me um in 1997 when i set up a website i set it up because i've been djing for two years since i was 15. i used to play 12 inch vinyl drum and bass and I set up a website because I wanted more people to hear me DJ. I wanted more people in my local city to know who I was. So actually, I started DJ in 1994. In 1995, I got a spot on a pirate radio station. So this is how my reach started to grow and me think about audience. So anyway, um, I'm sat here with Paul. And I'm thinking, you know what? I can do this. I know it needs to happen. And he says to me, so what's possible? And I say, look, we can do a million in 12 months. Here's what's got to happen. And he says, okay, um, what's the price? And I said, I need to go away because there's a couple of things I need to discuss. We can't do a quick deal like we've done in previous times. So I go back, I do a quick bit of research, ask a couple of peers, people who I know, and like really just to check in on myself. Like I already know what the numbers need to be. So I go back to him um, like a day later, sit down, like here's the deal, uh, 20,000 pounds. 
Um, so we went from four to 10 to 20. That was like the third contract that I had with them. And he says, okay. And so to cut the long story short, we record three key videos. We have two guides, which are lead magnets that we give away. We blanket the home city of where I live in Wolverhampton with their three value adding videos that push people to a buyer's guide for windows or conservatories. So instead of your usual double glazing, buy one, get one free, we're adding value. We, in the guide, we talk about the 10 mistakes to avoid when getting double glazing, what questions you should be asking and really just add value. So anyway, people start coming into the showroom. We're tired of seeing your ads. So we want to know what you're about. They keep seeing the videos. 12 months later, they do over a million pounds in extra sales just because of them being top of mind and putting value out as opposed to discount, discount, discount promotion. So we just, I flip it on its head. So what qualifies me and what qualifies anybody? Well, the first thing is you've got to have belief in yourself because at some point you're going to be a beginner, you're going to be an amateur and you're not going to be able to make claims, you know, and to some people, whether you're, you're selling on your belief and whenever I sold on my belief, I always stuck to my integrity. Look, if I fail, then I'm going to be honest and open up about my failure. I'm not going to hide away from it. And I don't know what it is. Perhaps it's part of how I was brought up, Martin, but I would always kind of go out on my shield, if that makes sense. And I learned it because my my grandparents, like my mother's and my father's parents, they were very traditional. Like my mother's father was um, a World War II veteran and he would always teach me about, you know, looking after my mom um, looking after the family and, and just being good with manners. My father's parents were from Jamaica, so a mixed race. Um, they were very traditional, discipline, hard work. And so that was always in me. So the claims, like you said, you know, when there are big claims, it's like, can you really back it up? At that point, I couldn't with Paul, but I had such a strong belief because I had a bit of a track record with them. I, I understood them. And like, the biggest thing I would say to you is that anybody listening, coach, consultant, service-based business owner is like, if you don't pull the trigger and fail, I'm not saying it's what you always win because I've had a lot of failures. You'll never know. And so what qualifies you, you, what qualifies me is that first, you've just got to take a chance on yourself and just believe, but you can't take a chance and then stop believing partway through. You just got to follow through regardless of what happens. And for me, um, you know, it, it, it was amazing because I, I truly believed it was really about taking things and just continuing. There was times where um, Paul was coming back to me saying, hey, can we push the budget down? Because, you know, we're not doing so well here. And I'd be like, no, we've got to keep it. And the budget wasn't even high that we were running the ads on. And and then as things started to, to build momentum, he was like, can we turn the budget up now, Leon? I'm seeing the people coming. I'm like, yeah. And so there were different signs. There were different performance indicators along the way. And so I did it. And you know, when I did a million, it was just kind of like, I felt like, wow, that's amazing. I, I really have, I have something in me. I have that stuff in me that can get somebody's message out there. And then um, I started to, to do it with other people. And then what really locked in my knowledge is this book here. I wrote this in 2018, yeah. And this was a culmination of all my knowledge, Martin. So it's called More Leads, More Clients. And the subtitle is the 10-step marketing manifesto to becoming one of the most valued and highly paid coaches in your industry. Uh, and this is the final piece of qualifying and what qualifies me. When I wrote the book, my intention was to put value out into the market where it was based on principles that I knew worked regardless of the technology or the conversion mechanism you're using. And 
what I understood and found myself in going through the writing process is me moving away from theory to can I prove it? Do I have an example? Do I have experience in this field? And so when I wrote the book, it took me on a journey of transformation to actually 100% with integrity say, have I, have I proven this to be true? Or am I just regurgitating theory, which a lot of people do. And sometimes you, that's where you've got to start. But with the book, I was able to just pull back from my experience of marketing from 1995 to landing my spot on that pirate radio, right the way through to um, locking in uh, DJing events with promoters with this you know, teenage kid who wanted to DJ at these um, over 18 clubs at 17, um, landing on record label promotion and lists. So they would send me records three, six months ahead of release dates because of the letters I was sending them. What I didn't realize at the time, these were sales letters. I was sending them marketing material. What's that social proof? So when I got booked, I would keep flyers. I would send that through to people. And then when people saw my website from 1997, it just built. And then the culmination, I guess, was the, the campaign with Paul at One More Windows. And let's kind of fast track us back to the book now. It's like the book couldn't have been released without me having integrity in what I do. So. I've taken that knowledge and I've helped I've helped five people now do seven figures, including and Paul. I've helped multiple people do six figures. One of my greatest success stories is um, Pin, who runs a driving school, another service-based slash trainer business uh, in my city. Um, he's gone from him in his business, just him on his own, to 34 drivers in his driving school. His YouTube channel has 450,000 subscribers. His TikTok channel profile has a million followers. He generates from his online course, has generated a million pounds in three years. Um, he has a property portfolio of around two million pounds. And he just bought a, a Lamborghini Urus, you know, the four by four. And I'm his external marketing director. I don't know about Lamborghinis myself. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. All right. So, so much there. There is something about marketing people. Like, because I think you're the 56th or the 57th person that I've spoken to. There, there is a common theme about being performers. So they're actors, they're stand-up comedians, they're in bands, they're DJs. And I think, like, I think, and so many of the people I speak to, like yourself, are speakers, you know. So mm. I think there is something performative about marketing. And I yeah. think it's exactly what you're alluding to is you have to, I mean, this sounds lame, but it's not. You have to keep the show going until the show is going. Do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. it's always got to be an investment of energy and money, but also time. There's no switch that mm. you can flick where it just yep. happens. And until it's happening, you've got to keep it happening. So that's really interesting to me, that idea that you were a performer, you marketed yourself, you became um a marketer and that's interesting so what do you think about what do you think about that idea mm -hmm. is it performative marketing you know what i think <clears throat> here's what i learned in being a dj and like at 15 i remember specifically because the pirate radio station that i was on they were holding events at nightclubs and I was only 15. So there was a lot, obviously the, the radio was on, there was a lot of adults, DJs, you know, over 18. And so they were holding events, running promotions. And I, as a DJ of the radio station, had to also promote these events, you know, and it was kind of like, 
you're part of the deal of being a radio DJ, you know, you help out with promotions. And so I learned to communicate with people. I learned even at 15, like, oh, you know, approach people perhaps like who I knew who were older than me from youth club or wherever, you know, I met people rec at the record shops as well. And I would talk to them about the event. Hey, do you know this event's coming up? You know, it's going to be amazing. You should be there. And what I realized is that as, as a marketer, it's about being able to connect with people and it's about creativity. That's, that's what I think it is because the creativity comes in creating the message. The creativity comes in when your message fails like 50 or a hundred times, still being in it to want to create more regardless of what's happened. And I, and I think when you combine the two, you know, your ability to connect to people and create, and you know, there's the word authority and the first part of the word is author, right? And yeah. I, I genuinely believe that's what it is. The belief part, which is what I said to you, you know, when I, I was questioned, I uh, questioned myself and Paul questioned me, you know, what could, what's possible? And I said, oh, we could do a million. You've got to have belief, like you say, over time. Even when the results aren't happening, you're learning something. You've got to take away something and you've got to course correct. And over time, I've just learned to course correct faster. And, and that's part of the skill you develop. And so for me, I think it's creativity and connecting with human beings. Because for me, marketing is about psychology. Because the more you understand your audience from a place of empathy, the more you win. Okay, so do I now. <laughs> um, so there's something in that as well that I think is going out of fashion I don't know if it's going out of fashion because I'm not young so I don't know mm. but lots of the people I say like at the beginning it's always like and and there's 50 something people now and on average it's 20 years experience and mm -hmm. so there's a thousand years of experience in these videos you know it's it's, yeah. it's really quite yeah. a cool thing but the way I started, like around that time, I just graduated university and I went into like um, boiler room type sales situations yeah, in London. Yeah. And I was hammering the phones 130 times a day. Selling advertising is what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I learned about marketing because I was doing exactly that. I was engaging with the market. Like literally, if it was 120 people a day, I was trying for, let's say I spoke to 30 people a day, mm. 150 people a week, it's 600 people a month, it's whatever that is, 6,000 people a year. I was talking to the market. I was having an actual conversation. I was engaging with people. And I wonder if people still have the opportunity to do that, like young people now. Or are they sitting behind LinkedIn driving like LinkedIn bots or emails or whatever it is so there's a gap in that engagement where people yeah. don't actually learn that thing how to engage with people because if you're making 120 calls a day like you learn pretty quickly how to gracefully mm -hmm. get yourself out of a situation yeah. if somebody is being a complete you know that word yeah. you know how to extricate yourself whereas yeah. i wonder if like people who are starting out now are having that opportunity firstly to understand markets because they're engaging with them all the time second and then how to conduct yourself in that relationship mm -hmm. i don't know what you think is that yeah I, I i would agree to some extent um as you're speaking i was thinking about my son my son's 15 and then i was thinking about clients and some of the things that i witnessed with clients and 
I don't think it's just the young, but however, there is an issue with obviously the youth of today. They're behind, not just a screen, they're behind this. Yeah. Yes. And be because of that, there's a barrier. And the, the barrier is it's being progressed as a, an agenda more than we realize. So for instance, everybody knows about Meta, you know, Facebook, the new name and the metaverse, right? Yeah. And like, that's, that's again, it's disconnecting us even more. Yes. And, and the biggest thing for me is that people aren't connecting the way you said you used to, you know, hammer the phone lines. That That's amazing because you had to connect to people. I was doing it unbeknownst at 15 by connecting to people to invite them to an event that, you know, I was just helping to promote because I was part of this radio station. And then, you know, it kind of grew from there where I was running my own promotions with um, partners and different things like that. And I think there is definitely a disconnect. When I first set up my, my first business, which was LAS Design, as my first web design company, I went to the high street and I knocked on doors. I went in and introduced myself and I started speaking about websites and marketing, you know, and I just connected with people. I didn't have an appointment. I just go in there and just speak to people because I was hungry. I was just hungry. And I think now the barriers have created a psychological block for youngsters. And so I'm going to come back to why my son, like with my son, like uh, fortunately for him, he has a father who's into personal development and growth and doesn't accept two ways about it. And so with him, I, I pick up on how he speaks. I pick up on his clarity. I pick up on, you know, does he go to meet his friends? Um, what is he doing with his girlfriend? As in like, how does he communicate? Does he uh, invite her out for activities? What is he doing with his personal life? Because he's, he's not being brought up the way I was, as in I would be out on the park all day. I would come back for lunch and dinner as a boy. Um, I would be playing with friends. I'd be playing with cousins. I would be connecting with human beings in, in a physical, you know, one-on-one -on -one situation or one-to-many. Whereas I find the youth today, unless you have that, that personality trait, which it's in the minority, most are sat behind a computer screen or a phone screen and they don't know it unconsciously. So for instance, there was a couple of months ago, I said to my son, I was like, you know, you because I make sure that my, my children write their goals out every year, you know, no matter how old they are, that they have a set of goals. And I make sure I hold them accountable. Not like crack the whip, but just like, you know, how are you getting on? Do you understand where you are? And I, and I was speaking to my son. I said, so how far have you progressed? And he says, oh, I haven't really. And we were going through. And he'd done a couple, actually, but he hadn't done as many as he perhaps would have liked. And I said, Let's look at your phone screen time and look at what apps you spend the most time on. And he had a quick look and then he realized like he was on his phone for like 30 hours in a week. And 10 of those hours was on what, uh, not WhatsApp, sorry, uh, TikTok um, and some other stuff. And I was like, were you aware that you spent so much time on your phone? And he was like, I wasn't that. And like he, I could tell just by the look on his face because it was unconscious. It's an unconscious behavior, right? And so... The biggest thing for me is I think there's a lot of people out there who don't have that and the youngsters don't have it because of what their their habits are now. What What is the social norm? But it's not good for them. Yeah. And as a parent and as a marketer, like we got to be aware to what's going on in the market as a parent. You know, if, if we want the best for our kids, then we have to, you know, we have to step up our own standards uh, and how we raise them. And that's one of the things that I'm always looking to improve as well. So coming back to my clients. The biggest thing about um, business owners on, on the kind of starting journey is that <clears throat> when they're looking at how do I connect to people, how 
how do I make sure that what I'm pulling out is right? And is there a barrier? Is there a disconnect with how we communicate with people and psychologically? Yes, because what I also experience is people who then question their message, not because they, they've never interacted with people. We're talking about adults now, 40 plus and so on. They've got to the point where they see so much success and they move into a place of formal fear of missing out or fear of messing up, let's say. They even start questioning themselves as to whether or not they should post that video or that that you know image or whatever it is. And I think that's the double-edged sword. I think we've got youngsters and you know younger um, business owners who are lost. And we've got older ones who are questioning themselves because they're comparing themselves to perfection, which we all know it's just it's just what people put out as the best side of them. They don't put the the you know the hard part out. And I think that's the the real problem, Martin. I hope I've answered it because I know I've kind of gone on a journey with that. But I think that's what's going on. You have. No, you absolutely have. And I'm thinking, like, as a generation of marketers, like, how are they going to know? You know, that's mm. what being a marketer yeah. is, is engaging with a market. But I think you're right. As individuals, the world has changed. Like, I've cold called tens of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, now I don't call call my dad. Like I'll message him and say you free for a chat. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know people hate if you call them. <laughs> I know, and it's and the thing is about it is that there is this disconnect. Like people aren't connected in the way that they used to be, mm. and it's not just a barrier. It's like it's not just a ba- it's not just a barrier because it's like it keeps you in. In your space, do you know what I mean? You don't even go yeah. out. You're not. It's not like you're there's something the between you and the rest of the world. A hundred percent. And the thing is, I know you're not supposed to say it, and I don't even know if it's relevant to say it now. But instances of anxiety and depression and self harm and suicide are all climbing, mm. and we're not actually even allowed to do the thing that would have happened to us. Like someone would have said, "Get your shit together." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like someone would have said, like. I don't know who's saying this. We need more judgment in our society. If someone in our street, I grew up in a council estate, but if someone mm. on our street was taking their kids to school in their pajamas, the community would let them know that that wasn't cool. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. now yeah. it's it's happening a lot. So yeah. the old mechanisms even aren't allowed. The old remedies like, yeah. okay, so you're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling whatever. There's only one solution, really, which is you buck up and you get out and you get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Mm, and yeah. in through that process, you will get better. But we're not even allowed to do that anymore. It's not relevant to the conversation mm. we're having now. Um, it is relevant because I worry as a marketer to the to what extent we are contributing to this. Do you know what I mean? Or we yeah, are 100%. leveraging this because that concerns me. So are we bad people, marketers? Um, every industry or every vertical that you look at, there's good and bad, and there's there's the grey area of people in mediocrity. Yeah, that's that's quite what it is. And I don't think marketers are bad when they they truly have a you know a, a purpose. They truly have a vision, and they've they've got a real they they've just got real mission behind them. I think that the problem is is when You've got people who know how to manipulate a human being psychologically and they do it without integrity. They do it without real value or anything behind them. And like you said earlier, they take money, you know, uh, they make claims and they just take money. And Hey, I can show you how to generate 15,000 a month because I just sold three clients at 5K. But they haven't actually taught any real principles. They've, 
they've used like tactics mixed with like low level strategy to simply show people that it's possible to sell but it, it doesn't show a person how to replicate it for their mission for their message for their niche and i think that's that's the problem for me but i don't think marketers are bad people because you know some of the greatest people we look at in history as heroes as um you know authorities or people that are worthy of our praise they're marketers at the end of the day you don't get to to the levels of successes that we see in a lot of businesses i'm not saying all but a lot of businesses without being the messenger the marketer i mean look at elon musk yeah it, you know the the way he's gone about growing his businesses he's created integrity through his products uh, when people doubted him when the petrol industry rubbished him yeah, and this it's, it's so well documented it's amazing when his own heroes like your neil armstrongs and whoever else um talked him down rubbished him about his approach to either um the car industry or space travel space industry and you look at this guy now and he's an amazing marketer he understood and understands now especially you know the recent acquisition or the process of acquiring twitter um what having integrity means free speech you know speaking your truth and, and i think for me there's always going to be instances of where we don't agree with people however with this cancel culture that exists because of social media instance and everything being now 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 we we i think we don't understand what true debate means i think we don't understand that we can disagree with people and still be cool with people friends with people even you know I think people look at it like, oh, am I being politically correct? Or, oh, can I, you know, say to them, get your shit together? Because you know what? Like, psychologically, there, there is a lot of things where, you know, people don't respond to the carrot, they respond to the stick. And there's a lot of times, like, when I've been coached myself, where I need to kick up the ass, like, because nothing else is going to move me any further forward in where I am, because I'm so comfortable or I'm so unconscious to the behavior that I'm exhibiting that. I need I need somebody who can point out to me say, hey, Leon, you realize what's going on here, don't you? I'll be like, no. And I think we miss that in society. And as marketers, no, um, it's like anything, isn't it? You've just got to find the ones that you connect with is probably the best way for me to say, Martin, who resonates with you? You know, and we all know that we feel we feel it mostly like we hear somebody, we see somebody. I've had people who question me, just like you mentioned earlier, it's a big claim, Leon. And then I've ended up a guest on their podcast. And that's come from, you know, because I put something out on social media and they just think, oh, here's another typical, you know, six-figure claim or whatever. But I have tons of proof to back up what I do, which is most people don't. And so, you know, they get so used to it, the the, the fake marketers. And then, um, like I said, I, I've had it where I've turned people into friends, into peers, into I've been a guest on their podcast. So that's my answer. Okay, cool. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it's really worrying. Like I'm speaking to somebody in Australia on Friday, mm -hmm. and we had quite a big chat, like quite different from the, the three-minute chat that you and I had. And he's like this and that and the other, and he's like, yeah, he knows the questions. He's like, yeah, and I'm really interested to hear from you about like what you're excited about the future. These Australians are so, have such amazing positive mental attitudes. Yeah, and yeah. now I'm struggling to think because I really am worried about the future i think what you're saying is right people are so polarized like they either believe religiously this thing or they believe religiously that thing and there is no discussion going on and no. i like to think of myself being in the middle but this is the second time i've said this today people will make a comment like oh elon musk twitter 
And then they'll immediately say something else. And I'll be like, oh, okay, I can't even have a conversation with you because you haven't thought about this for a second. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, it's like whether that's the war, whether that's COVID, whether that's whatever Mm. it is, people are just being spoon fed their opinions. And that also is marketing. I think, you know, I say to people when I talk to them about sales, you've been selling your whole life. You know, if you've ever motivated anyone to do something for you, that was a pitch, you know, that was a successful yeah. pitch. And if yeah. you've ever tried to get someone to do something for you and they haven't done it, then that was a failure. You know, you've been doing this mm-hmm. all day, every day you walk around. Um, yeah. But it is kind of worrying the state of society at the moment. Maybe the state of, I, I don't want to say the state of business, but that is kind of worrying. And I think that's digitalization, which has done that, you know. It's- yeah, I, I, you know, there's definitely, I, I think it is worrying. Like part of my my vision and part of, I, I guess, what will allow that vision to happen through my mission is the more I can educate coaches and consultants on how to actually market themselves, how to market themselves. So there is alignment to their vision, there's alignment to their integrity, you know, and their values. I think we create a better society. I was, I was explaining this to my son. Like I said, he's only 15. But, you know, like I, I really do believe entrepreneurs are the solution, you know, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great people who who do things from within organizations, public sector, private sector and so on. But I think entrepreneurs are, are the people who can create those shifts in terms of what we need. But I, I think, you know, at the same time, I think generally human beings, we you know, we'll come to a place where we'll create something great. I think there are worrying things. And uh, I think it's also part of shifts in society of us realizing, ah, we can't trust that narrative or we can't buy into that. And I think as a society, we've kind of grown up to realize that, ah, there are agendas, there are other things at play here. And that's why I say, you know, the people that you do resonate with or you follow or, you know, uh, you're really into, I think that's what people are looking for. They're looking for truth they're looking for something that's believable and you know i can even say truth and say what what is truth you know because a story can change i was i was watching this interview with russell brand the other day and um i think it's brian cox the scientist um the british scientist and he was saying you know like one of the greatest things about science is that it never stays the same science is about continually explore exploring and and figuring out is that true is that the right message is that the right formula is that the right thing and questioning the results questioning is can it be done better and i think that's also true of you know society and and messaging and marketing like it may be true for now and that message may evolve but what happens is and what i think is it's small mindedness but we can't avoid that because people have to be personally uh, educated in order to spot that but the point I was, I was going to get to is that when things change people want to go back to oh but you said this oh but it was like that and what they don't realize is that there is evolution in messaging there's evolution in society there's evolution in us like in every day we get older it's not like we're the same people yeah. want to claim to being the same you know and I think that's it you know people just want to be black and white and actually they don't understand that actually we're very dynamic as you know as society as humans and you know kind of bringing it back to marketing i I think that's where the essence is it's it's people who understand that and you feel that about their message because it isn't just you know the kind of tactics or the fly-by-night successes or the the duping or the scamming it's like you you feel it when you understand and see somebody who's got results that can speak from that place And that's what i said about my book it was like i couldn't just publish something that was just theory like 
I had to experience it. And so I just pulled everything forward. I pulled out stories that I didn't realize that, oh yeah, that's how I got to this. And you know, that's how my, my mentors or coaches helped me. And, I, and for me, that's what I think, you know, really what we're, we're in. It's just a, it's a big mix, isn't it? <laughs> it is a, just a big mix. And I think you're 100% right. Like, so you might say, like, society, like the narrative might be that Trump went to war with the truth when he started telling the media that they were fake news. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is right. Um, there was never... There, there is never any truth. Do you know what I mean? There's only ever perspective and there exactly. is only ever, you know, changes the human condition. So it's, it's constantly mm -hmm. changing. And so yeah. I think now, like, have you heard of this VUCA idea or VUCA idea? So they explain no, times like these as volatile, uncertain, complex, and the last one is A, ambiguous. Okay. And this is how, like, they justify training. But what they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to teach dynamism, you know. But it seems to me that the people are just so solid in this position or this position that they can't be flexible. Yeah. And you're right that the truth is it's, it's about a, a moment in time that thing might have been true. Yeah. So what occurred to me recently is very often you'll go to a website and there won't be a date on the website. Now, when I was a kid, the first thing we were taught to do in the top right-hand <laughs> corner of the page is write the date. the date. Because what you're saying might be true today. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's going to be true tomorrow or the next day or, yeah. or whatever it is. So it just blows my mind that like basic mechanisms of staying sane have just gone out of the window, it feels. Yeah. But we removed dates to make sure our content was search engine optimized and not dated. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so how much of what we're doing is just about feeding the algorithm exactly. at the cost of society do you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's insane it is insane and there was something else like yeah so the positive is check this segue man check this mm. the positive is people are looking for leadership and they need leadership yeah. like they've never done before and i would imagine that brings us to your coaches and your consultants yeah that was Absolutely. a gem, wasn't it? How smooth was that? It was. Uh, I loved it. This guy's a smooth operator. I can tell he's done this a few times already. <laughs> so, so, so the good news is, do you want the good news? Go for it. I believe you are qualified to talk to us about marketing strategy for coaches and consultants. So mm -hmm. question number one, you've passed. <laughs> well done, you. Okay, Great. so question number two is, who do you work with? How do you add value to their lives? <clears throat> I work with mostly established coaches and consultants and I, I say mostly established because if a person's been in business for a year they've gone through the realization that ah oh, i have this amazing dream but they're also brought down to reality i've got to do some work here I've, I've actually got to do some work to get clients because if i'm going to put food on the table and have a roof over my head i, I can't be lost in oh i'll start when it's perfect or you know the other things that other people love to to kind of imagine that their business is going to be this overnight success um the reason why i work with coaches and consultants who market their business online is because that's that's where i've come from so whilst i had marketing agencies then i was coached and then i moved into to becoming a marketing coach call myself a visionary marketing coach uh, for the past seven years <clears throat> I, I understand where they're at you know, it's similar to me writing and publishing my book. It was like I did it from a place of experience. And so with coaches, I understand where they're at. And 
to be honest with you, Martin, a lot of the things that they're struggling with are not to do with marketing. Um, don't get me wrong, there's a great segment of what they need to implement into their business systems to have a marketing system and sales system. But when you get to the crux of it, a lot of it is to do with their own personal misbehaviors, their personal fears, um, their anxiety around how they'll be judged, how they'll be criticized, how they'll be rejected. And I get it. And I understand it. And I also understand how to show people the opposite of what they're thinking when they come from a place of negativeness. And look, some people would say, I'd never be that. But there are some people who are stuck at 5 to 10K right now. And they can't see how to move beyond it because all they've done is taken up their fears to a certain level, but they haven't broken through the ceiling to go to that next that next milestone. And so those are the people that I work with. Most of them tend to be business, life coaches, transformation coaches. Um, it's people who help other people because their skill is to, to communicate that message, to communicate that gift, that skill, however they help their niche. What I show them is just how to market it by putting a megaphone on their voice. Cool. Excellent. Good. So this market is, I've not worked in this market myself, but I know that it is thought to be a good market. Coaches understand the idea of self-investment. They understand, like they understand the value of having a positive mental attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, they are what's the word? Not necessarily ambitious, but they are driven. You know, they will have goals, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. So this is thought to be a good market. What do you think? You know, as I've gone through marketing and then, you know, looked at some of the godfathers of marketing, your Jay Abrahams, your Chet Holmes, Eugene Swartz, um, a good market is the market where people are already buying. Yeah. Oh. And it, it's always true. You know, you don't go into a market and think, you know what, I'm going to innovate and go where nobody's ever heard of this product and just step into it. And especially if you're a startup, like, you know, one to, to three years, that's going to be hard. Your best thing to get momentum, your best approach, your best strategy is to go where people are already buying and you've got to look for the gaps. And so for me, uh, it is a good market. However, there's a lot of people who are way underperforming and broke. And it's because they don't understand how to do marketing. They understand how to, to be a coach, how to create transformation, how to get results when they do get a client. But they have... I would say they have a skewed perspective of what marketing and sales is. And they are two different systems in your business. And unfortunately, most get most people get caught up into the emotions that I shared with you earlier. It's about fear of judgment, fear of criticism, um, fear of, you know, making a bold claim, you know, and getting found out. And for me, that, that that's what holds a lot of business owners back. It, it isn't all market forces, market conditions and, um, are we on the, the brink of uh, a recession or are we actually already in a recession? Uh, inflation, sky high, fuel prices, all these different things. No, it's your ability to follow through regardless, like you said earlier, over time and just keep going. And there is one caveat to that. You can't keep going where your results aren't getting any better. You must seek help, whether it's a book, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's a mentor, you must because 
you can't be in a place where you're stuck in your own echo chamber. And there's a great quote that I use all the time. It's from Les Brown. I don't know where it actually comes from, but Les Brown uses it a lot. And he says, when you're in the frame, you can't see the picture. Brilliant. I like that because I like photography. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's two things. I 100% agree with you about this thing, like Dragon's Den. Is it, does anyone still watch Dragon's Den? Like, them, I, I don't watch it. I, I, don't, I stopped watching TV like over six years ago, but it's still on. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I, I thought it was great in the noughties when I was starting my business and, you know, I thought it was amazing. Mm. But it quickly transpires that for them, a business that's investable has to have a completely new and unique idea. It can't be replicable. There can't be any competition, all these things. This is, for me, a fallacy. What I yeah. tell people is if nobody's making business, uh, making money, doing what you are planning to do in 2022 – that has to be the best indicator there is that it's going to be really difficult, if not impossible, to make money doing that. You know, yeah, there is so yeah. little room left for innovation, really. Mm -hmm. And even if you think like it is such a brilliant idea that you should go in anyway, the first job is you've got to educate the entire market that this thing's available. Do you know what I mean? Or this yeah, problem exists right. or whatever it is. The innovation curve. Yes. And yes. So 100% agree with that. The other thing is persistence. Like so many people should just stop. <laughs> they should just stop like <laughs> right now. Do you know what I mean? If it's if it's not working and mm. it's really, and you're suffering. And now this is, there's some weird psychology at play here. Because sometimes people will say to me, oh, you know, when you, before you drive a car, you have to have a driving test, but you can drive a business without a driving test. The way that analogy really works for me is if you're in a car and it starts to feel a bit iffy, you pull over and you have somebody check it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in a business, it's exactly the opposite. Like if it starts to feel shit, people just push the pedal to the metal and they just go hell for leather. And they just think if they can go fast enough, then yeah. it will be okay. Yeah, I also <laughs> did that for nine years. I did that for nine years. Um, so what's the point about this? I see myself as Toto out of Wizard, uh, The Wizard of Oz yeah. because it seems to me like everything everybody believes about marketing is exactly the opposite to what's true. So yeah. the persistence thing is not useful. Like mm -hmm. if it feels shit, it's shit. Get it looked at or stop doing it ideally. Yeah. The, um, what was the other thing? The originality, the innovation thing. It's not real. You know, find a market where people are spending money, roll your sleeves up and compete. Do you know what I mean? That's easier. Yeah. Price. Like everyone thinks if they were the cheapest, they would be selling much more. It's not yeah. true. Like actually the ones who sell the most are the people who charge the most. And But you can almost go through every aspect of marketing and it's almost like exactly the opposite of what people think is true. So that's why I feel like Toto, I'm pulling down the curtain and exposing the Wizard of Oz, just turning the machine, you know. <laughs> the question for you is, yeah. I can see how if you do the sensible thing which you're doing, which is be laser focused on a particular niche, yeah. then you can get to a situation where you just understand the levers that you need to pull to generate the kind of results that these people exactly. that, that you are offering to these people. Um, so now you can tell us how you do it. 
Good. Um, it's a great analogy. I love that actually, um, because you're right. I, I do look for a specific type of person, niche that I can help because the way that anybody can do this is the more focused on a niche you are, the more you understand what's going on in their life and business. And this is important for you to be able to generate whatever results based on whatever promise that you have. And the way that I do it is I get to the point where I understand two key parts of my niche. So just looking at my camera, there we are. Yeah. Um, demographics, number one. So demographics are what are the logical attributes that make up your audience, age, location, language, uh, personal income, business revenue, um, what books and movies perhaps they've watched the into come across as part of you know the, their industry or what they do. Uh, family, uh, set up where they got children, no children, married, all those kind of different things. And then you got the real juicy ones, psychographics. Psychologically, what are the reasons why they're going to buy or not buy from you? And a lot of the times people miss this part. And so for me, it, I have a very simple exercise of where when you look at your niche and you've identified all the demographics, start to look at what are the frustrations, fears, wants and aspirations. And the reason why I'm doing this kind of motion here is because if you draw a line down a sheet of paper, uh, through the middle and align across the, the middle horizontally you end up with four quadrants list all your frustrations list all the fears in the bottom left top right wants bottom right aspirations and this is your first steps to understanding what your content needs to be about yeah most people are looking for some gimmick i'm going to go on tiktok i'm going to go on insta reels and create some music video and point here and do all this crazy shit that's not what's going to get you clients what's going to get you clients is understanding from a place of empathy which i mentioned earlier and what, what I then do is once my clients map out their transformation bridge, frustrations, fears, wants, aspirations, because point A is everything on the left, point B is everything on the right where they want to be. Knowing your audience, even at this kind of early foundation level, that influences not only your message, but what your offer needs to say. And this is where most people go wrong. They think they have an offer because they have a product or service, but they haven't created the offer for the product or service. And so what I get my clients to do is take from the transformation bridge. Then I have a second exercise, depending on the sophistication of your market. And this means to the degree that the market is aware of solutions to help them with the problem they have. We then do an exercise called the empathy map. And the empathy map is very simple. What are they seeing, hearing, feeling, experiencing or witnessing in the market right now with the problem that they have? And you, you just list all of the answers to all of that. You take the transformation bridge and your empathy map and now you construct your offer, yeah? Because now your offer directly aligns to the problem and all the symptoms of that problem. And this is where most people go wrong. And I have these seven components <clears throat> of creating an offer. And one of the, the best things I can say to you guys is, your offer needs to have benefits, yeah? And simply, here's how you create benefits. There's three types of benefits. You've got functional, you've got dimensionalized and emotional. So you can't get emotional if you haven't identified the emotions in the first place, which is why I do transformation bridge and empathy map. So functional is kind of features and advantages. Dimensionalized is paint a vivid picture of what life will be like once they uh, once they experience what it is that they you have in that benefit or your product or service for them. And the emotional is include the emotions they're going to feel or experience as part of that vivid dimensionalized benefit. Map your benefits to the objections that your, your niche um, are going to have when buying from you. And the obvious ones are time, money, need more information. It's failed in the past for me. Like they're the first four that you can conquer and put in place. And if you take that, connect it to 
what your uh, guarantee is. So have some type of risk reversal. And I have about 11 different types of guarantees that you can put in as a cultural consultant and they all work. Um, and this is what's gonna at least help get people to, to see when you start to put your marketing message out there and they come across your offer, they're gonna see the difference. So anyway, that's the foundation piece. Like that's the part that you've got to have in your business model to actually understand what it is you're, you're about to start marketing. Yeah. Now we can talk about the marketing aspect. So now you take your transformation bridge and then I use something called the six week content rhythm, Martin. And it, it's so simple, it blows a lot of people's minds. So over a six week period, every week you take one week and you focus on one frustration or fear from your transformation bridge and one related want or aspiration. And each week you theme your content around that, that's it. So by the time you finish your six weeks, you have tackled the top six frustrations with related wants. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's a frustration or fear with related wants or aspiration. What's the advantage of this? Every time you cycle through your six weeks, yeah, you, you, you put content out on a Monday that is about changing the beliefs of whatever it is that you're focused on for that week. On a Tuesday, you offer a lead magnet, something that a person can raise their hand and say, I'm interested. On a Wednesday, you so, show social proof, like a testimonial video or image. On a Thursday, you do a walkthrough video of the thing you offered for free on the Tuesday. And on a Wednesday, you remind them, uh, sorry, on a Friday, you remind them of the video you did on the Thursday. And so what actually happens is you build up mastery because you keep cycling through, you drop the topics or the posts that don't work, i.e. they're not getting engagements or, or getting you leads, and you keep cycling through. Why do you keep cycling through? Because your niche don't change. You adjust your niche as you get better and your message gets stronger, but this is what gets you to understand what's actually happening with your niche. And from this, it's so powerful because before you know it, you understand what frustrations trigger people as in get you leads, get them to raise their hands, what posts get you clients, you take this knowledge and you put it into ads because it's already proven. And this is how you grow your business without having to put a lot of capital down initially. And then eventually as you get momentum, you get cash into your business. Now you can scale up through ads and you start plugging your team into this system that I've just mentioned, very quick system. Um, and this is what is working right now. So we're able to take people on a six week content rhythm cycle and we move people into my clients dms they have a script which i call confirmed by chat so people so my clients know how to speak to prospects in a way that is easy flowing and fun and it pre-sells the offer without any pricing so people feel like they're just inquiring to find out more but what they don't realize is that we've already sold them on the functional dimensionalized and emotional benefits so they're already they've already bought into what it is my clients offer and then off the back of it, they move to a sales course and now we're into the selling part and they're able, they're able to close because they're not pushing. All they're simply doing is persuading based on the fact that the person already knows what the offer is. And so that's what's working right now. I had one client in March, a guy who was selling, um, I think the most he'd ever sold was about four grand and he did uh, a 10,000 pound day in March. I've got another client um she's the same process she does multiple five figures a month she's a doctor in london and she was not doing anywhere near that because her message was very logical just like a doctor you know there was no emotion it was very cold she used the same method and she went from generating like three thousand pounds a month to like over twenty thousand a month consistently i've got other clients where denise she did um fourteen thousand dollars in seven days just applying this method I've got one client who joined me within seven days, and this isn't a claim, it's just what actually happened. She did a 5K sale within seven days just because she understood how to pre-sell the offer and speak to a person on a sales call. And 
when you start to look at it, Martin, this is why I understand like more about my clients because I understand what's going to stop them before they get to the marketing. And when they're in marketing, what are they going to experience that's going to pull them back to their old bad habits of not marketing or selling in the right way? And that's what's working for me. I'm, I'm able to see beyond the logics of marketing and sales. And I understand psychologically what business owners, coaches and consultants are actually going to trip themselves up from. Wow. Okay, good. <laughs> see, I see this... I think there is a perception in the world that this is all quite fluffy. Mm. Like if I was cynical, like my sister, she would say, well, if they're a life coach, they should sort out their life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, and so I understand that. And I understand that, the, that lots of coaches have been taken for a ride being sold a promise like there have been quite big academies supposedly of people who have just been rinsed of a, quite a lot of money mm -hmm. and i think well i think because these people are occasionally seen to be fluffy you know they they've got their head in the clouds they're not focused yeah. enough on their actual business. They're interested in transformation. You know, it's like get a proper job. Uh, and I think I think there's a double-edged sword to that. And I, and I not think I know there is because you know when I when I had I, I've got coaches now. Like the, the the biggest thing we can do as a human being to be the most successful we can be to to lead us towards our true potential. You know, people always say this, I can, there's something about you, Martin, Like I can see the potential in what you can do. Yeah. But to, no to one's actually, ever said that to me. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough then. So you may have heard it said to somebody else. Uh, <laughs> um, but the, the point that I'm getting to is like quite often, we don't understand that to the point of being honest with ourselves to say what, you know what, I did invest 10,000 or 20,000 with this academy. And I wasn't honest with myself. But here's the, the double-edged sword part. The academy didn't have somebody to call out the client, the coach who invested on their bullshit. I do. And I don't say it like in a really like dominant position. I say it with love. I say it with the, the respect of, do you want me to be honest and open with you about what's actually stopping you? And when, when I have a person who's willing to be open and honest, because I've got enough experience doing this, like I understand what stops people. I've done it for seven years now. And I, in my, my marketing businesses, I did it, but I didn't understand what I was doing at the time. Um, but I soon found out with the clients who were success because they listened to what I was saying and then I started to spot the cues. But the point I want to get to is that we, we, we enroll to these services, these, these academies, and we love the claims, right? But we've got to go in there and we've got to remove our ego. And that's the most difficult task anybody's got to do because it's the task of your whole entire life. If you truly want to live up to your potential, you've got to be willing to drop the bad habits. You've got to be willing to drop the things you think work, but actually just hold you to where you are. You've got to be willing to like, to just say, you know what, I was wrong. And now I can change my perspective. You know, we spoke about earlier where people in a moment of time, that was right. But whatever behaviors you had as a kid. So for instance, I grew up with discipline and great integrity. However, there's some things I learned as a boy they did not serve me as a, a, an adult grown man business owner 
and they were part of the reasons why my first business failed because I wouldn't speak up when my invoices were due because I think, oh, they would see, they would know that they should pay because that's how I was brought up that, you know, if I've got an invoice, I'll pay. And then I soon realized like I've got habits and standards that don't serve me to who I am now and where I'm going next. And I think that's part of the double-edged sword, Martin. I don't think it is just, you know, people with um, bold claims with no integrity and value behind them. I also think people who are in business, they've got, it doesn't happen straight away, but they've got to be in this place where they're willing to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers. And I know a lot of it is to do with my outlook and perspective on making things work because it isn't always the strategy. A lot of it's the bullshit psychology we carry around with us thinking that that's how life is. And we, you know, we wake up, we realize it isn't. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. And this is always the issue. And I say, like, mainly what I do these days is I teach. And I say to my groups, the the hardest pitch you'll ever make is to your boss or your client. Mm. The the business owner, no matter what style of business it is, is always the brakes on the business. It's all happening within what they're comfortable with, you know. So it's the same, it is the same issue. But all this psychology is, is fluffy, man. It's not true. It's not true. You know, a hundred percent. I think the biggest problem for businesses is that they, and I don't know what the answer to this is, but they are ego driven because you have to be an egotist to run a business. Do you know what I mean? So, so that for me is like, I um, parted with a, a client recently because we achieved 300% growth in her business. Mm-hmm. It was an established industrial type business. So yeah. really good in two years. But because she hadn't done it, she insisted on in telling me every time we spoke that it was only 30%. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that is, so the ego of, and, and selling marketing, what I find is you go along for the first meeting, you blow their minds with the opportunity. You get them really excited you go back for the second meeting, now they know everything about marketing. Do you know what I mean? And they don't fancy this thing, and they don't fancy that thing, and they don't fancy that other thing. So these are my frustrations if you're drawing your graph. Um, <laughs> what's the point about this? The point about this is that this is, it's managing the client. is Expectations. The, well, managing the expectations, but also the behaviors. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, mm. you can't, because they can engage you or I, but if they just want to carry on the way they were before we rocked up, it's not mm-hmm. going to be very different, except we're going to be there in a mood because we're not having the success that we want, you know? So yeah. I think I want to say this now. I think I think the blame is, I think it's largely marketing. I don't know. if I don't know if the blame, the reason that people don't grow their businesses is the business owner or it's the marketing service provider. You know, I don't know if it's just the case that marketing service providers have just got cynical and they can see that they can grab this amount of money. So they just do that now. And I don't know. So I don't know what the answer is, apart from it sounds to me like you've answered it. It's a business owner. Like if we, you know, my first business coach in 2008, you would have this rule called above the line. And when you're below the line, you're in blame, excuses and denial. But when you're above the line, you're in a place of ownership, accountability, and responsibility. 
And if as a business owner, we have made a shit judgment and hired a wrong service provider, you know, and we didn't cut ties with them soon enough, that's on us. Yes. And like, you know, quite often, for instance, let's say a, a business is with a service provider because they've got this thing about relationships and not wanting to end relationships. Perhaps they've got this thing about not wanting to lose face. And so they stay in these relationships, these business relationships and, you know, continue to pay and it's getting worse. It's getting worse. But then, you know, the business who are providing the service perhaps believes that things will change. Maybe they do have this belief, like I had a belief, but it just doesn't turn out, you know, with the right outcome. And, and that's why for me, like, this is part of the education of a business owner. Like you don't go to school and learn failures over time because it's not like a taught thing. It's experienced. And so for me, it's always on the business owner. And look, you, you could say, yes, but people know how to manipulate and, you know, really play the system. That's true. It's true in anything, you know, politics, business, society. And this is part of this is part of your education as a business owner. This is part of going to the school of hard knocks and stuff. So and me, I went through it. I, you know, I put fifty thousand pounds on credit cards and had debt, and you know, thought I could risk things and thought I, I could rescue it. I had to make three of my staff redundant. You know, go through the the humiliation, the heartache, the emotional baggage, the the real like responsibility I felt, even though it wasn't mine, but I had to go through those emotions and I went through it and I come out the other side and I was like, you know what? That's the best experience I've been through my whole life because I would not have been challenged. I would not have got to the place of understanding actually family first. I would not have got to the place of understanding when I'm hedging my bets that I need to have a solid system to hedge it on, not just like a whim and like good feeling. And, and I think, you know, for me, like I could be more, you know um soft i could be more put my arm around the person but the, the greatest things happen through when we're challenged and pushed to our limits and sometimes those limits are we just wasted twenty thousand pounds but you know what that was your lesson it was a twenty thousand pound or dollar lesson into an academy and you realize then if you give yourself opportunity to look at what went wrong like what didn't I ask for? What didn't I check on that I needed in order to go to the next level? And the more I've got coaches over the years, since 2008, when I had my first coach, I realized more and more what I need. And I realized because of what was missing after our relationship ended with that coach and I moved on to the next one. And I think that's what it's about, Martin. I, I don't really think it's, you can put it external because if we do, we'll never live up to what is possible for us because we'll always wait for somebody else to come and fix it or be the reason to blame or create an excuse around. You should write a book, man. <laughs> the next one will be coming next year. <laughs> um, okay, so question number three, what's your recommendation? Yeah. If I am a coach or I am a mm -hmm. consultant, and I'd like to be generating 15. Why is it dollars? Why is it $15,000? Because like most people get dollars. Like I've got clients in America. I've got clients in Europe. I've got clients in Southeast Asia, as well as obviously the UK. Most people just get dollars. Like if I put dollars out, it just makes sense. If I put pounds out, people are like, do you get more pounds per dollar? And that's the only reason. It's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, just, it's a universal currency. Okay, not because Americans are more susceptible or more ready to invest in this. No, stuff. no, like I, I put pounds out before and then people have been like, oh, what's the conversion? Like, because, you know, I have American clients um, and that's the only reason. So it's not, oh, Leon's trying to be an American marketer. It's like, 
for the, for the sake of that, like when people speak to me, I can help them get to ten to fifteen thousand pounds. It's just that dollars works for everybody. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Right. So the question is, if I am a coach or a consultant, I'd like to be generating fifteen thousand dollars a month in yeah. sixty days. What's your recommendation? What should they do other than pick up the phone and speak to you? I gave the process away earlier. Yeah, the transformation bridge, you know, you've got to understand your niche and you go from transformation bridge to your offer. I, I give away, I've got worksheets on how to create your, a no-brainer, irresistible offer. It's the method that I call, uh, it's the method I use. And there's a worksheet I give away with a walkthrough video. I've got my six-week content rhythm on what you need to post on social media and when in order to attract people and leads and prospects and clients. Um, I've then got some other worksheets. And so like, if, if you want me to share the links, Martin, I can share them with you and they can go on to you know, the podcasters and links that people can get as free resources. Uh, but the method I explained earlier, it really is about understanding your niche, creating an offer for the niche, creating a message that speaks to the, the frustrations and fears and shows them that the wants and aspirations are possible. That's what moves a person, a human being psychologically. You know, it's only when they, they can see the, the upside of what there is to gain, i.e. what they want, that people actually make movements, like make a, a choice and a decision to inquire, speak to you, buy from you, like the, if you've got things on your checkout or whatever, um, th that's what you need in place. And then the final piece is if you are a service-based business owner, and you sell on the phone, if you're selling anything from $3,000 up to $100,000, then you need a script. And I offer a script, a free script I give away that helps to complete that process uh, called the Super Qualifier Script. So I can give you about five different resources people can get for free, just the name and email, because um, look, that's that's what I ask in return for my hard work. <laughs> yeah, 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 cool. No, definitely yeah. do that. Give me mm -hmm. the links to where they yeah. go to sign up. Sure um, thing. Are you happy to talk about what it costs to engage you? Because I think I might know something. Yeah, I am. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to talk about it. I don't like to speak about prices, and I'll tell you why. I, I've got nothing to hide, but what happens as a human being when we see a price, we start to have an internal debate with ourselves whether or not we can afford something. Yeah. And quite often as human beings, when we're faced with a difficult decision of going to the next level, we say, you know what, let's wait a bit. Yeah, we all do it, right? Yes. And... What I've learned about myself is that when I am ready to step up, I always know it's a stretch. And I know it's a stretch because I've stretched now for the past six years consistently. Yeah. And every time I've stretched, I've got better results. And at the time it was difficult. It was difficult. Um, I remember one year I spent 37,000 pounds on coaching and that was a stretch that year. However, I had two consecutive six figure months as well as some really good five figure months in sales. And that that's why I kind of I wanted to kind of put that as a precursor because not everybody's ready for that, Martin. So no. to work with me starts at five thousand dollars, yeah, and that's for a coach who's floating around the ten to fifteen k mark inconsistently, but they're ready to make it consistent. Um, after that, I have a different program that I run, and only when you're in a position of consistently hitting fifteen k a month would you qualify for that program. So I wouldn't discuss the price on that one because. You've got to be a, a, an A player on the way up, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. What should people read? So I loaded up Audible because I knew this question was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got 115 titles here. So it's, it depends. <laughs> it's just two. Give us the two yeah, yeah. really good ones. So I'm just going to give you two that stand out right now. 
um, and have done uh, the 10x rule by Grant Cardone. Um, it's a guy I've interviewed. I interviewed Grant back in, I think it was 2015 on my podcast. Um, and that was cool. He agreed after 15 minutes and the email that I put together took 10 minutes to write. So that was a really good um, guest. But the 10x rule, it just really speaks about taking more action than we're taking at any current moment and and really buying into it and believing it because a lot of people don't they play the game of oh yeah this is what i want to create but then their actions don't they don't relate to what they want to create if that makes sense it doesn't match yes. the goal the 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 latest book and this is a guy for me he's his wisdom is way greater than his his current age alex hormozy 100 million dollar offers if you've not followed him on YouTube, I suggest you go listen to this guy. If you can get past his uh, comedic mustache, then just listen to his message. This guy has businesses, him and his wife have uh, businesses that net something like $100 million a year plus. He's 32 and he's got wisdom like I've not experienced in any coaches you know, that I've come across anyway he's the real deal and so his book is a hundred million dollar offers he's currently writing the follow-up book which is a hundred million um, or something to do with leads anyway like lead generation uh, he said he's on his sixth version of it but it's not ready yet so but this guy is legit i don't know if you've come across him martin what's his name alex hormozy alex hormozy how do i spell hormozy h-o-r-m-o-z-i Hormozy. I haven't come across him. I've heard the book. I've heard of the book. Yeah. I'm going to go and check him out 100%. I bought, uh, yeah, I've got the audio book and I've got the actual physical book downstairs because there was a couple of things, um, especially around guarantees that I love that he shared that he used on his way up as he grew his um, businesses. Um, but like just, just watching and consuming his message, like, you know, this guy is legit. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Cool. Right, so that brings us then to the last question, which is who yeah. are you, who can you throw us under the bus? Uh, throw under the bus. So the way this works best oh. is if it's someone you can introduce me to, who might yeah. be motivated. How have you enjoyed the experience? Has it been all right? Yeah, it's been cool. I've I really enjoyed having a chat with you, Martin. It's great. You know, I, I love podcasting and I love uh, this kind of interaction with people who ask great questions and and give the 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 person you're interviewing space to speak. Um, there's a a really cool guy, Nate Lindquist, who's an ex-client of mine. And when we were working together, he generated $1.47 million in six months of the NBI offer method that I mentioned to you earlier. Uh, he's a really cool business owner. He's got a, a great cause that he also has behind his businesses. And I'd love to introduce you to. He's an okay. American guy. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. That's good. I need to go that way. I've got an Australian theme happening. I've got a UK theme happening. I need to get across mm -hmm. the pond. Is there yeah. anyone else you think might be up for this? <clears throat> there may be. Um, the, you know, if I, I, there's one guy, my coach from Australia, um, Taki Moore. I don't know if you've come across him. No. Uh, he's He's like... He's a, I don't even know what to, to, words to use him. He's a genius. That's right. And there's one other guy from the UK who is my uh, past life coach slash business coach um, called Ryan Pinnock. He's a South African guy who lives in the UK. And when it comes to unlocking the things that hold us back, 
this guy is a genius around those things. Fantastic. Cool. If you could yeah. give me some introductions to those people, yeah, that would absolutely. be first prize. Yeah. I have thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. You're the first. Are, are you? You're from the Black Country, aren't you? You're from Wolves. I'm, I'm not from the Black Country, Wolverhampton. I'm not allowed <laughs> no, to call I'm not you a Brummie. You're not a Brummie, <laughs> no. no. You're the first person from the Black Country. Let's just put it that way that I've spoken to. Man, <laughs> I've thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, man. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. It's you been a what? pleasure. I've enjoyed it too. Do you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to order a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> good on you <laughs> okay so what we'll do is we'll say goodbye now for anyone who might be mm -hmm. watching this and then i'll press the stop button and then we can say goodbye like normal human beings cool. how's that all right take care thank you very much you're an absolute legend thanks man